Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the podcast that's here to talk about what to expect when you're expecting an abortion. Today we have Zoe, Bianca, Helen, and Julia. Thank you for laughing at my joke, Helen. I was proud of that. It was, it was funny. <laughs> it's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, today we're going to be talking about abortion care. We've talked extensively about abortion access on the pod. So if that's more the information you're hoping to find, you can go back to that episode. Um, or anyway, if you haven't listened to it, you should go back to that episode too. But yeah, this topic was inspired mainly by two things. Um, one, during the abortion doula training that I did, my teacher talked about how abortion care should be popular education. And I was like, yeah, it should be like, absolutely. Um, And if anyone doesn't know, an abortion doula essentially is someone who's trained to provide support for someone getting an abortion, which can be providing information beforehand, going to appointments or helping after. It's kind of like a wide range of whatever the person needs. And then, yeah, the second aspect even though like abortion access is talked about a lot in leftist spaces, I feel like there's just a lack of talking about how it's like a day-to-day life experience for a lot of people and like what that looks like and just like helping people navigate that. Um, So yeah, that's what we're really gonna talk about today. And joining us is an amazing returning guest who you may know from our Sex Work 2020 episode, the Leo season Patreon episode, or from her incredibly amazing organizing work. Um, welcome, Michaela. Hi. <laughs> I'm happy to be back. I love you. happy to have you back. Ugh, we love you too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself for anyone who has not heard you before? Which rude. Listen to more of our podcast. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I hard agree on that one. Yeah. So I'm Michaela. <laughs> Um, I'm an organizer here in Texas and I organize on like reproductive justice issues. I'm also a community sexual health specialist in San Antonio. Um, And then I work on like sex sex work decrim policy um, and all that nonsense. Unfortunately, there is so much to do. So, you know, I'm just doing what I can. Yeah, Michaela, we're so happy to have you. Do you want to talk a little bit about your work starting an abortion fund? Yeah, so I... My experience with abortion has been like wide, vast, long, all the fun stuff. Um, It started when I was 18 and I had to get an abortion. And at that point, I was just like, oh, shit, there's people who are like, abortion is good. Abortion is like a health issue. Because at that point, I was just like, it's teenage stripper, just needing to get get not pregnant. (laughs) Um, And then it wasn't until my like second abortion when I did like a self-managed abortion And I realized like, oh shit, this is like life and death, like real political nonsense. Um, And I have to get involved in it. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was already doing a lot of like organizing in San Antonio when I realized like, there's more I can do. Like I'm an extrovert to like the max. (laughs) Like as you've known from the Leo episode. I was gonna say, uh, (laughs) to the Leo episode, you'll understand why. Yeah, I was like, I'm a loud bitch, I'm a mouthy bitch, all that stuff. So like, I can use that for good. Um, And so when Greg Abbott at the beginning of COVID decided to like ban abortion in Texas, I was just like, "Mm, no, like, this is just not gonna happen. I mean, like, I 
knew that it would probably get like overturned. I knew all the stuff would be like taken to court, all that stuff. But I was just like, okay, even if it is like, we can't count on that. Like we yeah. can only count on each other. So let's just do what we can and just like take people's money and get people abortions. Like it's that fucking simple. Oh yeah. And then, yeah. So we thought it was just going to be like a temporary project. And then we realized like, there's a lot of gaps in abortion funding the abortion like access network as a whole mm -hmm. and like we don't even begin to fill those gaps so i felt so guilty just like stepping away from that and being like okay our job's done covid's over we're done <laughs> and so i was like let's just make it a permanent not not even like a permanent thing but just a as needed for now thing so it's been a pretty like casual fund i believe we're, we're all about like making this fun accessible easy to understand easy to get involved with and sexy mm. um because yeah buckle bunnies is for the bimbos we're made up of like queer sex workers so we wanted to like incorporate our personal aesthetic and feelings and all this stuff because like we've had these experiences of abortion in all different ways mm -hmm. so we were just like uh yeah let's just do it incredible oh, yeah. love that yeah amazing also there's very cute merch involved for anyone who hasn't seen it um and we'll we'll link to buckle bunnies mm -hmm. obviously yeah of course so yeah i think getting more into the episode um i wanted to actually start off by talking about abortion funds um that's obviously a big concern and barrier for a lot of people. So wondering how would you recommend people find and access the funds that are available to them? So a lot of stuff now is more easily accessible on like social media. Um, back when I was like 18 and couldn't pay for my abortion, mm -hmm. I had no fucking idea abortion funds even existed. Um, yeah. And it wasn't very easy to find them either. Because, like, yeah, social media was a thing, but nobody was really, like, pro-abortion out and proud on social media yet. This was, like, maybe, like, five years ago. So, you know, I just Googled abortion funds because I remember the lady that I had called um, at the abortion clinic was just like, yeah, you can look this up. And I was like, okay. Um, but even then there's still so many gaps and it's still so like it's not enough for so many people um but i mean i think like the best thing is to just fucking try all of them until somebody says yes because somebody's gonna say yes and you gotta just keep calling every and it fucking sucks but you gotta keep calling every day every like hour if you can um email like there's nothing is too much like we we understand like how big the situation is and so there's no overreacting when it comes to something like this so yeah just fucking use your phone your phone's your friend whether it be on social media text messages because some of them have text lines hotlines fucking emails little contact sheets on like the fucking google forms yeah all of those do them all 
yeah, even just thinking about it, I'm like, stresses me out. Just, yeah, there's so much work and preparation that goes into it. That's like so overwhelming, um, which yeah, it's kind of goes into the next thing I wanted to ask about is things that you've noticed in your work that people don't necessarily think to prepare. Um, like one thing I think about is like food, like if you're able to help to either prepare meals ahead or help someone who's getting abortion prepare meals, like after that, it's like, you're really not going to feel like getting home and like cooking. Um, and you just want to be able to focus on rest. But when there's like so many things to think about leading up to it, you're maybe not like I should prepare food for myself. So yeah. What are other things you've noticed that people like wish they had prepared or were able to prepare? Yeah, no food is a big one. Um, and all the people in Buckle Bunny to have had abortions have been like, oh yeah, fucking cooking, horrible. Um, so at Buckle Bunnies, we provide people with like dinner after their abortion, um, do like DoorDash or something like that. Um, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I was just like, y'all just, people deserve to like feel good, like all the time. So like do what you can, like who cares if it's an extra like 25 bucks, that's so easy to like make somebody like feel really good. Um, I mean, a lot of people, we do like little post-abortion care kits. I have all this goodness behind me. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So we have like fuzzy socks, um, candles, a lot of medicine. A lot of people forget that like shit hurts for a while. Sometimes if you're unlucky like me, it hurts for weeks. So a lot of pads, just a lot because you can't use tampons. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I do Gatorade too, cause people are still gonna feel like nauseous and not mm. good. So like the ginger chews, those are really good for people. A lot of fucking ibuprofen, like no pain medicine is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, and then also sometimes you get your period right after. Oof. like the same the same it just goes into one miserable and so yeah it's pretty miserable and then getting people like connected to birth control right after as well if that's what they want to do is like super important um so that it doesn't happen again if because that might not be something that they want to happen again and i get that for a lot of people so yeah there's a lot of small things that go into it um transportation is a really big one too especially here in Texas. Uh, we have people coming up from the Valley and I'm in San Antonio. So that's like a good, like five, six hour drive. Mm. And that's horrible. Some people are like taking buses and that's really like not, that's not how you, you can't care for yourself very well if you're on a bus, like the way you need to, mm-hmm. um, especially after like something medical. Yeah, I knew a girl who was getting on a plane right after because she had to come in from somewhere else. And I was just like, wow, like that sucks that there's these barriers that like prevent people from giving themselves like the self-care that they deserve. Um, So yeah, there is not a shortage of things that are wrong and things that are missing, but you know, we'll fill them if we can. It's just hard. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask about, um, because our other host, Laura, couldn't join us today, but I know they kind of wanted to ask about, um, 
like other possible complications that folks might face, especially for people who are dealing with other illnesses like chronic illnesses as well. Um, so I was just curious if you had any thoughts or advice to help people who might be feeling anxious about how an abortion could impact like other health issues. Yeah, well, I went through like health issues like related to my pregnancy that kind of like made my abortion a little harder. Um, so I think that's more common than people realize because like if you're dealing with like a chronic illness, it's likely that your pregnancy is going to be very, very, very hard. Um, and so it's likely that your abortion is going to be a little hard. And I think that's like a realistic fear for people. And I get that. Um, I think just finding other people, maybe talking to other people who have gone through those experiences, um, you know, like abortion, there's a lot of abortion storytellers who have had um, health issues and gone through abortion with their health issues. And, you know, and sometimes things do go bad, like because there are complications of abortion, it doesn't mean that abortion is like not valid and not safe. Um, and I think a lot of people that gets like lost somewhere, yeah. like, and that's really hard because you want to validate those people's fears, but at the same time be like, abortion is still fine. Abortion is still a public good. Um, so I think just finding that middle ground and th that's also hard for people, we're not all therapists and social workers. Um, but I think just being very open with your abortion provider, if that's something that you're considering, I mean, they have counselors there as well who can like talk to you and that's their whole job. And that's all they want to do is to help you. So I think just being very honest, there's nothing that they haven't heard and seen. So just lay it all out there because that's how you're gonna get the best care possible. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, this is a question that we got from our Instagram. We were asking our followers for questions that they were curious about. Um, this is a question about access, especially for teenagers and young people. Um, and that, I guess, can take a lot of forms, one of which can be like, oh, like you may or may not want parental involvement or familial involvement in getting an abortion. So I guess we wanted to ask you if you had any advice or things that you noticed in your work about like whether or not teens or young people have access, have like adequate access or how to, or like ways you think people or access could be improved in those ways. Yeah, so I don't think young people have good access. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, think anybody does, but especially young people, especially in Texas. Um, I don't know what it's like in states that y'all are from, but Texas has mandatory, like parents gotta know or judicial bypass. And those are horrible options for people. The law is not on your side with abortion, no matter how progressive the law may be, the law's not on your side. Yeah. And it's, it's just a very unsafe. I mean, and I've known people who have gotten judicial bypasses in Texas because they were pregnant when they were teenagers. And it's, it just prolongs the situation that is someone not wanting to be pregnant. And that's, you know, they're doing that for a reason. Um, that's not by mistake. Um, so I think that the laws could be improved so much 
just because like I think anybody who wants an abortion should get an abortion no matter how old they are um and I mean as for like the minor situation if people were under 18 and needed an abortion like yes they should be able to get an abortion but you also need to be able to talk with a minor realistically about like what the situation how is it going and what's going on too so I think that there could be just a lot more like support um and that would just be really great that would help everybody um because yeah it's it's a shitty situation sometimes so I mean just being like you have to go to court to deal with it the way you want to is not the best way to go about it be like oh yeah talk to a counselor at most at most is just a great support system is going to help in the long run but I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon down here in Texas. They're a little busy. They're a little busy with some other stuff. <laughs> so just to follow up on that, is there, I mean, if somebody reaches out to y'all who's like 16 asking for help with an abortion, what do you do? We refer them to Jane's due process, which helps minors get abortions in Texas um, through judicial bypass mm. for free. Wow. So, yeah, and they're really good. They help um, teens get, like, birth control, emergency contraceptive, and all those things. So that's their focus. So we refer people back and forth all the time. So they're awesome. That's great. They fucking, they fucking rock. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, I think we can kind of move on to talking more about, like, during the procedure so I first wanted to ask like what people can generally expect when they get to the clinic and of course like this varies by state there's different um laws when it comes to consultation waiting periods stuff like that um which you can learn about on our abortion access episode but yeah how do you generally help people prepare for like you're going to get to the clinic and then like this is what's going to happen yeah so before you get to the clinic eat a good meal and not just a little snack. Eat a good <laughs> fucking meal. Eat something that you know, like, is like a home-cooked meal. You know what I'm mm. saying? Just something warm, savory, good. Because you're going to take medicine, and it's going to make you feel horrible. And you're going to want to throw up. But not if you have a lot of food in your stomach. You're going to feel fine. Um, I made that mistake. Oh. I threw up. And so, yeah. Eat. Maybe take... That's when you start taking um, your pain medicine, your ibuprofen. Start getting ready. Get it in your system. Smoke a joint if, you know, that doesn't make you, like, extremely paranoid and jittery. (laughs) Do what you want, you know? Just treat yourself real good. Expect to be in the waiting room a good amount because most clinics have their days. And so, yeah, expect to be there for a good, like, 30 minutes to, like, two hours. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, And yeah, maybe like watch a movie, have your phone fully charged. Maybe bring a portable charger, probably. Um, In Texas, you like have to bring somebody with you. Wow. So I don't know if it's changed since COVID. But um, yeah, so make sure that person has their ID or an ID of some sort. Um, so yeah, those are things to prepare. Wear comfy clothes. Maybe wear like a dress or loose pants. I'm not a pants fan. 
I like skirts and dresses. So like something very loose. Mm. And then wear some big ass underwear. So be ready for that. Um, and if you're scared of like needles or something because they do an IV in you, mm. maybe like get unscared before you go in. <laughs> Expect that because that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, those are the things before, which is a lot Yeah. on top of know how you're going to get there, know how you're going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not yeah. to add another thing to that, but like, what if there are protesters? Like, how would you recommend somebody who's getting an abortion handle that whole minefield? Me, I want to tape knives on my elbows this way and just start elbowing like this. Um, <laughs> But not everybody wants to do that. I get it. Um, <laughs> For listeners protest- at home, Michaela just like elbowed, 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 elbowed people swinging <laughs> her elbow knives around. It was it was a great visual and it was very powerful. One of the problems with our medium. Anyway, continue. Thank you. Yeah, I've seen I've seen roosters. You know, uh, <laughs> it's what they do. So protesters, if they're gonna be there, and if you're in like yeehaw ass Texas, they probably will. Mm. Um, they might take pictures of you. So just like be ready. Like you have to wear a mask now anyway. So yeah. yeehaw, like great. Wear some sunglasses too, you know, like really play it up. <laughs> really like be undercover. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a hat, like paparazzi cannot get you. So that's, that's what they are. Yeah. Think of, think of them like that. They're fans. <laughs> um, so yeah. And just like stay the fuck away from them. Like they can't get that close to you. Um, and if they do make it a problem, mm-hmm. you know, like tell somebody because like mm-hmm. there's legal ramifications for those things and yeah, just do what you got to do to be safe. Mm-hmm. I right. have like an, I have an arm's length rule. So, you know, <laughs> you know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great strategy. <laughs> um so i guess the next question we wanted to ask is a little bit more about the procedure itself uh we wanted to know if you go into more detail about the different types of procedures someone on our instagram asked if the stages of pregnancy affect the kinds of procedures that you could get like a chemical abortion versus a medical slash surgical one and then also how long recovery times can take for each of those different um types of procedures yeah so abortions are different there's a lot of them um me i had a second trimester abortion so that was a little more just like what we see well it was an early second trimester abortion so it's like what we see on tv um the little vacuum the whole the whole thing but before that you take um a pill that softens your cervix and starts to open that bad boy up this is a horrible gesture for it, I know, but it's <laughs> it's what it does. It opens it. Yeah, it's like just kind of wiggling. Yes. <laughs> Again, just trying to get everybody at home to visualize this. <laughs> so that's that's what this that's what your cervix starts to do. Um, so that's why I say take the medicine before because that shit fucking hurts. Mm. Um, so make sure your medicine's all up in your body before that because then you'll take that and then you'll sit for about. 15 to 20 minutes. Um, at that point, I 
have less knowledge because I was allergic to the medicine that they use to numb your cervix. So I didn't get numbed. I didn't get numbed during my abortion. Um, it's yeah, just so I mean, I, I know what really happens, mm. but but what they would do is numb your cervix so that you don't even feel your cervix opening. Um, and then they would take you to the room. So at that point, you've probably been in like two or three rooms. It's, it's been a little bit. Um, and then they would hoist you open. And yeah, they would just check and make sure everything's like you good. Do the ultrasound maybe. Um, give you some fun medicine if you want it. It's like 15 bucks extra or something. I don't know. It was a party. <laughs> but so yeah, then they inject that either in your IV or like directly in you. I think I had both. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then they actually start the procedure and that takes probably about like five to 10 ish minutes depends on what's going on. Mm. Um, and then you're done and you'll have a nurse hold your hand and she's nice mm. all the time, oh. of course. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's pretty, like, straightforward. Um, and that's for people who are, like, 10-plus weeks. And the people who are before 10 weeks would do the medication abortion. Mm -hmm. So they would take the pill um, that softens your cervix. I think it's mifepristone. They would take that in the office right in front of the physician. And then they would go home. Mm -hmm. And then they would take the second one within, I think it's like 72 hours or 48 hours. So at home, whenever they feel like it, they could take it right when they leave, but yeah. And that's what contracts the uterus mm. after that. Um, and then, you know, third trimester abortions are a little different um, just regarding how far along things are and how far developed things are. So, I mean, that could be anywhere from like a day, two days to like a week of prepping, of dilating the cervix, um, and things like that. So that one gets a little more tricky and it also is like a little more rare. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot, it's different every time for the most part. So yeah, those are all your options, baby. <laughs> uh, that's super helpful. I think, um, one thing that I wanted to mention, um, on the topic of medical or, um, like chemical abortions specifically, um, this is kind of an update from our abortion access episode. So on that episode, I talked a little bit about this article that came out last year, um, that kind of went through the steps of how to give yourself an at-home medication abortion. Um, and one of the sections of that sort of talked about the different ways to go about getting misoprostol or mifepristone. Sorry, I don't know how those are actually pronounced, but those are the two medications that are typically used. Um, but it was very hard to legally purchase them for the purposes of an abortion, and you were only allowed to use them at a doctor's office, like you had just mentioned. Um, but the FDA just decided last month that at least through the pandemic, you can get these medications from mail order pharmacies and like telemedicine appointments. Um, and obviously this might still require like finding a doctor who will prescribe you these medications. Um, and for folks who live in states like Texas where abortion access is more difficult, I imagine 
that can be harder. Um, but it also seems like it's a big step towards expanding access. Um, so I was kind of wondering if that's something that has come up in y'all's work at all. And also um, just like if you have any specific advice for people that might be considering that and kind of doing an at-home version versus um, an in-person procedure at a doctor's office. Yeah, so self-managed abortion is my baby, like is my my whole my whole thing. Um, for legal reasons, I will say that I never do them. <laughs> of course not. That's not my preferred medium. Um, <laughs> oops. So yeah, no, I don't abortion so sexy um and people in the repro community are still like very like wishy-washy about it and i'm like grow up um, <laughs> it's just as valid like i did mine when i was like 20 and that was it it was free oh how how amazing i was like wow because abortions are expensive um so i would like to see self-managed abortion become just like explodingly popular in texas but like the reality is like people are so fucking scared here mm -hmm. because of like all that the state has done to us that it's it's so scary for a lot of people um and i know 200 plus people who have done it including myself so i know that it's real and that it's possible and people are doing it and they want to do it but a lot of like big organizations too in repro are still wishy-washy so that even makes people who are like repro aligned with me not not where we need to be yet mm -hmm. uh, and so that makes people like scared and that sucks but i think that it's like a phenomenal option for so many people um and it's really easy to get online <laughs> and i assure you that you know people who have it mm. um, because there are people who have been waiting for some shit to happen where abortion becomes illegal and they've been stockpiling this shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we, we all know somebody who has it and it's not as hard to find and it's not as like big and scary as everyone's making out to be. It's just as normal as any other abortion, um, except a little cooler because like <laughs> it's free. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think self-managed abortion is everything is, is it's going to be the new trend. I promise <laughs> I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think one other thing for that, um, if you are planning to do one, which like, this is not to scare you, they are generally pretty safe. And it's like, no less safe than going to a doctor's office. Um, but just like have someone either like with you physically or on call, like just in case you do need to go to urgent care or something. Yeah. Um, just like you never know. And you will probably feel less anxious knowing that you have a backup plan just in case, but like you probably won't need it. Yes, yeah. And if you're ever considering having one or need information about it, Buckle Bunnies has good resources that can point you to more information. Love that. Yeah. And then I think with that, we want to move on to kind of talking more about the aftercare um, 
element. So yeah, something that I think is important for afterwards is knowing, like I was just saying, when to seek medical attention, like what symptoms and side effects are normal um, and when you do maybe need to contact someone. And there's like a great resource from Planned Parenthood that kind of goes through like these side effects, good, normal, these ones, mm, maybe something's wrong. And we can link to that and it's super helpful. But I also just wanted to ask, Michaela, do you have kind of a general rule of thumb of like what you tell people for when they should maybe seek more help or attention? Yeah. So if you're like bleeding, like a lot, and we all kind of know what bleeding a lot kind of looks like. So maybe like three pads, you just bled straight through them in like two hours, then just start to like pay attention to how much you're bleeding after that and be like, all right, something's wrong. You can at any point, just remember, like, you can call your abortion provider and they will let you come back in and they will, like, check you out and make sure everything is good. Um, so, like, don't be afraid to call them. You're not being annoying. No question is too, like, dumb. Nothing is too small. Like, let them know everything. Um, and then, yeah, if you maybe you're having a fever and it's over, like, 101 for, like, maybe a few hours and you don't really know why, um, contact your abortion provider and let them know what's going on. Um, I, I always say like pain is a difficult indicator. It's like one of the last indicators because like sometimes shit just hurts really, really, really bad. And it means that nothing's wrong and it's just, it sucks, but that's just how people's bodies are all different. So there's a whole spectrum of pain and what's normal and what's not normal pain. And it's, everyone's gonna be in a different spot. Um, so I'd say pain would be like the last indicator. If you're just like, okay, this hurts like an unusually like horrible amount, um, call somebody, abortion provider. Um, I would always say like to, yes, you want to go to a hospital, but some hospitals don't like you if you've had an abortion. Um, and they can be assholes to you and some will turn you away sometimes. Um, so maybe think about that beforehand or maybe even ask your like provider about it what to do in case like you do need to go to the hospital what hospitals around you are safe to go to um because i know a lot of like baptist hospitals here are not so yeah there's a lot of things to look for god that's so fucked up I, right. I had not realized that it makes total sense but I, I like hadn't even considered that yeah yeah gross so this next question we have is about just like the feelings that can arise after having an abortion a lot of these feelings can be very complex I imagine there can be grief there can be guilt about the grief that you feel guilt about not grieving and like all of these things that feel like are very obvious things to feel after having a very big procedure like a big like big physically and emotionally so we're wondering what are some ways that you might help people work through those emotions after the abortion and what would you suggest that others do to sort of deal with things that could come up afterwards emotionally yeah so i mean feelings are I think the most common feeling that I've heard and I experienced was like the guilt about the grief. Mm. It was very common because like in some sense, you know, you're doing the right thing, but you're also just like, 
damn, there's a feeling of like loss that I can't name. And that makes people feel guilty because then they're like, oh, damn it. Am I, did I really do the right thing? And that's a lot of the time because maybe people don't have the support that they need. Um, and that's why I was feeling that way is because I was dealing with it alone and I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. So I didn't have like a community behind me to kind of support me when I needed that. Um, so, I mean, those feelings are common and they're all valid, but you got to deal with them as they come. You got to let yourself feel them. Um, otherwise you'll just kind of be stuck and you need to be able to talk about them. And it's extremely important to like feel heard. And that's what a lot of people need after that. Um, so there's really good like after abortion or like post-abortion counseling hotlines and stuff. Um, and I get that sometimes they are hard to find because a lot of them can be ran by like anti-choice groups, crisis pregnancy centers. Um, but a lot of abortion funds now have like began sharing really good resources for people to like talk about their abortions and they're like, no feelings, like no feelings are wrong. Um, it's just learning how to like deal with those feelings and maybe some of those feelings like are kind of misplaced mm. and that's and, and then coming to terms with like where those feelings go and what to do with them. Um, and cause yeah, I mean, shit can be really messy. Like your hormones are like, uh, <laughs> all out of whack. Um, so yeah, it's just like being able to ask for what you need and being able to find it. Um, so yeah, just abortion funds are a really good resource right now. And looking for this information. Yeah, it's great that y'all share some like professional resources because I can't imagine just how horrifying it would be to think that you'd found like a post-abortion hotline and dealing with crisis pregnancy centers after you've had an abortion. Like that's just, that's horrifying. Mm, they're so ugly and our taxes pay for them. Oh, the worst, the worst. <laughs> Um, so one other question that we got from our Instagram, um, this person wanted to know if you have a friend who's had an abortion, kind of how to respectfully find out how they want to think of it and want it to be treated, like if they want it to be treated like a big deal or like it's no big deal. Um, so our question asker wrote, if they're sad, I want to be sensitive, but if they aren't sad about it, I don't want to make them feel they should. Um, so do you have any tips on handling that or just how to best be there for a friend or loved one who you know has had an abortion? Yeah, I think you just gotta like ask and you gotta be straight up and people are going to appreciate that in the long run, although it might be a little like brash and like <laughs> out of nowhere at the moment, they're going to appreciate it. Um, so being upfront with like your intentions about it as well, being like, hey, like if you feel this way, like I'm, I'm going to support you and we can talk about it more. Like if you don't feel this way and you're happy and stuff, like let's go get a drink. Mm -hmm. um, so just finding a way to like recognize that feeling, validate it, and then like add something onto it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I mean, that's how like community works and how friendship works. So it would just be, oh yeah, it would just be like that. Just be a normal, 
normal conversation. I mean, abortion is a normal conversation to mm-hmm. me now at this point. And, you know, it's a little, I'm a little biased maybe. <laughs> um, but I think as someone who has had an abortion, that's how I appreciate when like people talk to me about it is just like, they don't tiptoe around it because if they're feeling weird about it, I can tell. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel weird about it. Um, and I'm the last person who needs to feel weird about my abortions. So yeah, just be upfront, straight to the point. I love that idea about um, like, if you're feeling good about it, like, do you want to go get a drink? And like, if they're not feeling good about it, like <laughs> send them, you know, Grubhub or something. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's, so many ways to like show up for people I mean this is true of like any situation right you know like if your friends aren't doing well like take care of them and if they're doing great then like celebrate them and this is just like you know a similar similar situation but it's an important question I'm glad that like our listener asked because like you you know want to make sure you're you're doing right by the people you love Yep. And that's the day-to-day thing about abortion mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. you just, you treat it like a day-to-day thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I think, unfortunately, we're towards the end of our time, but this has been amazing. Michaela, you are like just a like fountain of knowledge. Like mm-hmm. that like sounds corny, but it's just true. Like every single one of your answers, I was just like, amazing. That's great. Um, I know that like- horny. <laughs> I know that, again, I'm just like the person that's translating visual things that are happening on our (laughs) our Zoom call for the people listening. But like Michaela's just been like leaning back, like just firing off answers, like (laughs) casual as hell, not looking anything up. Like she just just got all this information, like right there. Lighting up a joint. I'm just, I'm vibing. (laughs) (laughs) She vibes. (laughs) This was extremely sexy. Um. Thank you for asking me questions like this. These are good questions. These are questions that get lost in these conversations. Yeah, totally. People treat abortion so big. Mm -hmm. And while that's helpful, sometimes it's not helpful for the people who like experience them. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's just a normal Tuesday. Like, (laughs) We got to casualize it. Yeah. 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 So I thought we could end by just offering some whatever resources we know of for people um and this is open-ended question to everyone on the call um a couple things that i wanted to mention is there's this zine which we will definitely link to in the description um it comes from the doula project i think it's called like diy doula or something like that um it's free online and it has a lot of information it also has a list in the back of like books podcasts and related hotlines that are not run by crisis pregnancy centers. Um, So that's just like super helpful. And then also if you're interested in becoming an abortion doula, um, you can look up places in your area that offer trainings um, or there's virtual ones. I did mine through Chicago Women's Health Center. Um, It was like sliding scale, it was very reasonable. Um, Also, if you couldn't pay for whatever reason, you were able to just like email them. Um, it was like four virtual trainings over a month and then they email you like a certificate kind of thing. Um, and I think they have one that's upcoming in June. Oh, that's amazing. And on a, just a related question, Zoe, like if, if you're, if somebody's getting an abortion, how would they go about getting in touch with an abortion doula like yourself? Mm, good question. So kind of similar to Michaela's answer about funds, I think just like looking up like your location 
doulas. There's a lot of doula collectives, doula groups, or mm. via social media. A lot of people might have it um, just like through Instagram. I follow a lot of doulas. Oh, cool. Um, or you can DM me if you want like virtual care. Most places because of COVID aren't letting you bring someone with you right now anyway. Um, so yeah, a lot of what I have done since I was trained during the COVID era um, <laughs> has been pretty much virtual support. Um, oh, that's awesome. So yeah. And I don't know if Michaela also has anything to add for that. Yeah, no, abortion laws <laughs> are the sexiest uh, creatures in the world. Um, Confirmed. Confirmed. I'm also an abortion doula. Hell and, yeah. Like, literally, it's an amazing skill to have because, like, as everything, abortion doulas can be so casual. <laughs> can be so casual. Make it such a casual experience. So it's super important. I know in Texas, there's the Cicada Collective. Um, and so they're abortion doulas and they link to, like, abortion services and um, abortion providers all that type of care here in Texas. I think they're Austin based as well. Um, but yeah, they're really amazing. They're on Instagram. Um, please find them. Please love them. Please give them money. Um, they're really like powerful. Yeah. And I think they're volunteers as well, which is like, yeah, anywhere like now doing this work, I'm realizing that anywhere who has like volunteers who do all the work, I'm just like, all right, way more powerful, way more powerful. <laughs> that's it. So yeah, those places rock or that place. Yeah, that's great. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we'll we'll link to the fund that Michaela started in our show notes as well, so that you can also give um, to that. Um, but there's, you know, if if you are in a state where abortion is difficult to come by and you want to give locally, there are you know, um, there are similar initiatives all across the country. Um, and so, you know, this is another sort of situation where Google is your friend, like find your local, um, Mm -hmm. abortion funders and, and give to them, you know? Yeah. National network of abortion funds has like the list of all the abortion funds, um, online buckle bunnies isn't listed on there, but I will not, (laughs) There's tea on that one, but um, <laughs> I want to talk about it. Oh, my God. Um, not to be shady, but I'm feeling extremely shady about it. Um, but yeah, so there's um, all the other abortion funds on there. So you can figure out how to get in contact with them, donate to them. Um, yeah, that's a really good resource when you're like looking into getting an abortion mm-hmm. or funding an abortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we should all do one or the other. <laughs> Absolutely. Some of us both. <laughs> yeah, both. You like pass it along. Yeah. Pay it forward. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the phrase I meant, not pass it along. <laughs> I pass the torch. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. <laughs> uh, Michaela, is there anything else? Any other wisdom or tea that you want to impart on our listeners um no abortion is sexy um that's all i got yeah abortion sexy say it more say abortion all the time say it as much as you can Mm -hmm. because then it becomes like a normal word like abortion doesn't even phase me now that's how it should be for everyone absolutely 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. This was incredible. I think this is going to be such a helpful resource for people. And thank you for all the work that you do. You are incredible. Yes. Retweets. Oh, I love y'all sweet eggs so much. <laughs> oh, we love you so much too. This was perfect. Thanks y'all. Yeah. So that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope y'all found it useful. I think there was some really great information in there. And if you did find it useful, pass it along to a friend who could maybe use it, um, especially if they're in a state where abortion access is more difficult. Um, so we will link to all of the Buckle Bunnies information in our show description. And after you've sent some money there, if you want to send some cash to us, you can do that at patreon.com slash season of the bitch. You can also um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at season of the bee. Uh, visit our website, seasonofthebee.com, or shoot us an email, seasonofthebee at gmail.com. And visit our website, uh, or wait, no, it was email. Okay. I think so. Send us an email at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we also have a Discord, and we're running a reading group right now. So if you join our Patreon, those are options. Um, Laura is also starting up um, astrology readings which is a specific tier on Patreon. So check that out if you're interested. Um, and rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. Love you all. Love you. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Season of the Bitch.